Owens, and I'm back with another edition of So What Success Stories. And that's the stories of people who have found success in spite of any challenges in their life. And I am super excited because today I have my friend, probably 20 years. A long time. <laughs> A long time. Um, and probably one of the most resilient, positive, encouraging, and supportive people that I know. And, and just a great person and a great man. Um, and I admire him for a lot of reasons. And um, when we get into these questions, you'll see why. So uh, this is my friend, Andrew Bailey. And Andrew is a marketing manager at FedEx Services. So we even worked together when I was at FedEx. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about our story and our connection here in a minute. But Drew, tell us a little bit about yourself. So a little bit about myself. Uh, I won't tell you guys my age, but I still look good for my age. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I am a native Memphian. I uh, lived here my entire life. My only stint outside of Memphis was an internship at IBM, which I really enjoyed my sophomore year of college. And college was at the University of Memphis. I have both my undergrad grad degree from the exec VA and and my undergrad is at MIS so I've been working at FedEx and I just when summer say we've been friends for 20 years they call it lifers like you do you get in life and so I've been at FedEx roughly 20 years so summer man it looks like my FedEx career and our friendship spans about the same time right yeah <laughs> so I've been at FedEx all this time uh, I have three children Alexis Andrew Jr and Chris and I'm super excited because I'm getting married in just a few months to Dr. Zanetta Ivy, who also works at, well, she works at the University of Memphis. I work at FedEx, but I'm also an adjunct professor and summer, we started that journey together too. So that's been an exciting ride as well. So that's a little bit about myself. So we've had a lot of parallels, Drew. Um, look, before mm -hmm. we even get into the questions, I was thinking about that and shout out to Dr. Zanetta. She's my sore and I'm representing tonight. <laughs> I represent. But um, we, yeah, we had a lot of parallels and, and I'm sure you'll share a lot of these things um, with the questions. But um, starting off when we were um, in college, you were a teen father and I was a teen mm -hmm. mother. And then I think about, we both had business degrees, so we were both in Fogelman and got business degrees. Uh, both ended up at FedEx, and then we shared some honors um, as well. Yeah. So you were Miss uh -huh. University of Memphis. I was Miss University of Memphis the following year, and then we both got Fogelman Outstanding uh, Young Alumna. Yeah, and then all that alumna. stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot in common. We have a we lot do. in common. And on top of us looking good for our age, we got that in common too, right? Amen, amen. <laughs> so... I know you'll share a lot more um, in these questions. So I've, once I got to know you and I got to really hear your story, I was really encouraged. I was really inspired. And so one of the things that I want to focus on. So with this program, I focus on what I call the So What Success System. And that's learning how to overcome obstacles, eliminate excuses, and calculate choices. And I feel like if you can do those three things, then you can have what I call So, so What Success. And that's success in spite of any challenges that you face. And Drew, without knowing it, you have been using the SOA success formula. You well, know, you've been I'm working. Keep on the using it then. <laughs> <laughs> you have. You've beautifully done that. You've beautifully done it. So let's let's go through it. So my first okay. question for you is: talk about some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome and just how you've overcome those obstacles? Well, you know, when I think about that question, I kind of think about always going back to my youth days. I was raised by my grandmother 
and just being raised by her and I look at the different obstacles. One of the things she always said, I have a twin brother. So it was Andrew and Andre and a really quick, funny story. They actually got us mixed up. So I supposed to be Andre. He's supposed to be Andrew. Because oh, for real? <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Andre. <laughs> no, don't do that. I will answer to it sometimes. <laughs> like what? No. So I do have a twin brother. And with my grandmother raising us, she didn't, she had two girls. So she didn't know anything about raising boys. And so she was like, man, I don't know. You know, she, she did a great job, obviously, right? Look at obviously. <laughs> but when we got a little bit older, she made the decision. We came home because we were interested in being in Boy Scouts. And so she made the decision to allow us to be in Boy Scouts. And that came with its own trials and tribulations because, you know, we're in South Memphis. This troop was in East Memphis and getting us, getting us to the meetings and then making sure we had all the stuff was a challenge. And we had such a strong support system when it came to our scout leaders who made sure that we had everything that we needed. And I'm happy to say both me and my brother are both Eagle Scouts because of the, the contributions, really the perseverance by my grandmother and then just really those scout leaders who just came around us. So that's kind of like when I when think about the form of success, it's community, right? We don't do all this by ourselves. I mean, I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for good friends, but that's one example. When I get to college and I think about college, I ran for student body president. And at that time, this was 1999, 2000 time period. And, you know, racism on the campus of University of Memphis was still prevalent. Uh, there was a whole bunch of incidents that had happened three, four years earlier where some other good friends of mine, Christy Niderbell, you know Christy, where she was Black Student Association president. They were doing some boycotts to help bring about change on campus. And I really didn't know, if was like, okay, are they really ready to elect another Black student body president? It had been two or three others before me. So we're talking about a school. When was University of Memphis founded? 19... 12? <laughs> a long time ago. So just, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, do I really want to do this? Do I have the support of the, of the school? Do I have the support of the students? And ironically enough, I did win, but I won by seven votes. And so part of that was, is like, it kind of, it, it painted this picture of like, okay, divine intervention, you know, from a Christian faith perspective, the magic number of seven, I, that's how I took it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that was an obstacle, you know, that just, again, just faith and having the right support system, folks like yourself, but other people who came around and just supported me, I was really, really thankful for that. And then, as you mentioned earlier, yes, I had a teen daughter. Well, not a teen daughter. I was a teen. I had a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so this was my sophomore year of college. And you know, it was sometimes where she had to go to class with me. I was sitting in the back of class. She was always quiet. And as we, me and her kind of joke about it now because she's 25 and she remember, you know, being on campus. And she has since gone to University of Memphis, graduated herself and is now working full time. And just one of the stories she would tell me is learning how to count on the steps of the OUC. Uh, when she would go up to the office and the student body was student government association office. So, you know, when I think, man, just when I reflect on all these different parts of my life, it's just like, I'm just, I, I think about all the people who came alongside me, you know, my grandmother, uh, friends like yourself, administrators who helped out, Boy Scouts, all these pieces have been critical 
components of just me getting over these obstacles and, and, and being who the man I am today. And, and I love it. And I know that's not even all, um, but those <laughs> examples that you shared, I even reflect because um, uh, my son was a Boy Scout too. And I think about his, because I was a single mom with a Boy Scout. I wasn't a grandma raising, but I was a single mom. And I remember um, his, the leader picking him up and helping me out too, in the mm -hmm. same way that, um, that you talked about. And so I do totally recognize the importance of community as well. Um, Cause you know, my son was on campus with me too, just yep. like, just like your daughter. He's and part son. of the family. <laughs> exactly. Um, and look, our kids were, were known on campus too, because both of us were doing a lot <laughs> on campus. So mm -hmm. they saw our kids and knew our kids. And it's, it is, it's, it's um, you spoke on the power of community and the need for community and support um, and dealing with and overcoming those obstacles. And I, and I think you were like me too, Drew, in that the community didn't just exist. Sometimes you had to create that community. Yes. You had yes. to put yourself in a position where the community came to you. And I think by both of us being student leaders, that was part of that community that came and was there for us too. So yeah, well, thanks wanted for to see that. us succeed. And I think yep. that was the other piece. You know, you think about administrators like Tammy who wanted to see us succeed and Bud Ritchie who kind of come to mind. And this is where people kind of went above and beyond. But the other piece too, and I, I remember hearing this from Lori Tucker, uh, she used to be a senior vice president of marketing at FedEx. I think, you know, yeah, she was there when you were there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, Lori, yes. Okay, and she had mentioned, she's like, when talent meets opportunity, that's when magic happens. And so it was like, we have a talent, and then that matching up with the opportunity, magic happens. And I, I really believe in that. It's like, we, our job is to make sure that we're doing everything that we can respective to growing our skills, growing our talent. And then when opportunity comes along, we're able to take advantage of those. Absolutely, absolutely. You also spoke about um, being the student body president in the midst of some racial um, challenges. And, and, um, and yeah, so I've also spoken with Luther C. McClellan, the first black graduate of the University of Memphis, part of Memphis State Aid, and, and also Bertha Looney, who was part of Memphis State Aid. And so the, the racial history and challenges of the university is still pretty recent. Mm -hmm. It's still pretty recent. And so you you were um, one of the first black student body president, student government presidents. And um, and then also, I'm, I'm assuming, I believe it's true because I know it's true for me, one of the first black Mr. University of Memphis. And I was one of the first black Miss University of Memphis. Um, and even, and so uh, you will serve on the board, the National Alumni Association Board of Directors with me. Um, and I think I'm the third black president of the national, of that board. And- I didn't um, know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we still have a long way to go in terms of uh, race relations. And I applaud uh, you and others too, who, who step into those roles that could be more challenging to take on and, and you know, creating some more obstacles for yourself, but mm -hmm. it's a necessary obstacle to help other people. And so, you know, salute to you for that. Well, the next you. part of the um, So What Success formula or So What Success system is eliminating excuses. So learning how to overcome obstacles because obstacles are always going to be there, but you can always make an excuse, right? So you were a teen father, uh, you could have been like, okay, I'm a dad. I can't, I can't go to college. I got to get a job. I got to work, you know, and, yes. and, and we both know you did do that, but you did go to college as well. But what are some of the other excuses that you could have used in your life to keep you from being successful? 
Well, I actually made a few of those excuses. I remember Alexis was born in August of 1995. And then my father, who wasn't really in my life that much, he was, he passed away December of 95. And so it was like a lot of life change. And me and my brother had a decision to make. And part of that was, it's like, okay, we're going to allow the state to bury this man, or we're going to take responsibility and, and provide a funeral and, you know, pull all that together to properly lay him to rest. And so my brother at the time, he was finishing up boot camp at, in the army and we had to make some tough financial decisions. And so I made the decision to file for bankruptcy just to be able to, you know, partly put my, you know, take care of my father. Oh, wow. So in doing that, it was just a lot. Because one, I have a little girl now, right? And we was paying, I'm trying to get all that covered, make sure health insurance for myself, health insurance for, for her. Then he passed away and, and he, he has nothing in the, in the sense of resources to do anything with. And so I actually dropped out of school that semester. I uh, did a retro, re retroactive withdrawal and came out of all my classes. And honestly, summer, I wasn't going back. I was mm -hmm. going to just work, uh, get, you know, try to find some really good work and, and just keep pushing along. But again, that's when community kind of came in. I remember uh, I was kind of in between places and my best friend, Christy and Katrina, they had a place and it was like, look, we'll, you can come here, stay with us for a little bit and you sleep on the couch till you kind of get back on your feet, but you really need to get back in school. Because, you know, I, at the time I was working for Mrs. Fields Cookies as an assistant manager. Uh, and it was like, look, there's nothing wrong with being an assistant manager, Mrs. Fields Cookies, but we feel there's like so there's so much more in you. Yes. <laughs> it's like, there's so much more that you have. To, to, to contribute here and coming back to school. And so I was like, okay, so I moved in with them, did the whole couch thing. I didn't go right back to school. So I, I set out that spring semester, that fall semester, uh, again, another spring. So about a year and a half. And then I came back in the summer because the summer kind of allowed me to catch up so I wouldn't be behind a whole year and you know that was another excuse right or it could have been another excuse because sure. summer school is grueling you go every day for like two three hours and then you take exams and then you do it all over again six weeks seven weeks later so I was like okay I can do this I can do this and I, I think part of it was is like sometimes we do need that break uh, sometimes we need a moment to just take a breath and recapture who we are but we can't sit in that for too long. And I think that's the, other, you know, that would have been another excuse where you kind of feel sorry for yourself. And then is that whole self pity thing. And I got a little girl. And one of the things I promised was, is like, I, the only guarantee we got in, in life is we're going to die. So one of the first things I did, I got some life insurance because I didn't want what happened. It was to so me smart and wise of you. It's so, such a young age. Well, I just didn't want the same thing to happen to me and my brother to happen to my daughter. So that was number one. So I did that. And I, that's when I learned about a whole will and setting up an estate. And then from there, I just say, okay, it's just little baby steps to kind of get back into the swing of things of who and what I think I wanted to be and wanted to do. So well, I applaud you for that, Drew, because it's, it's hard to start back, you know, going to school yeah. is a momentum thing. It's definitely a momentum thing, right? So we graduate from high school. And, and then we go to college and, and, and that's 
not easy, but that's the easiest way. So when you're going to college, it's like, okay, I'm used to this. This is what I've been doing, going to class every day. But then you stop <laughs> and then you get used to working and not having to go to class and balance yep. work and class and a child and all that. So I applaud you for, um, well, I applaud Christine, uh, Katrina and, and Christy for pushing you to go back. Um, and that is important. And, and, and it's beautiful to have friends who see the importance of pushing you. And then it's beautiful for you to be open enough to listen to those friends, because I think a lot of us have friends who tell who are telling us what we need to hear, but maybe push back. But you received it and, and you went with it. And, and well, even in the face of that. I was going to say it's two things, humility and grace. So, and that's for us, not for, you know, we receive it right from the world, but I think we got to make sure we're giving it to ourselves also, giving ourselves the grace, like, okay, I didn't want to be a father, you know, a single father at 20. I mean, I got a single, I'm, I'm raising this child with a single mother, right? And I didn't want my dad, you know, even though he wasn't there, that's not the way I want that relationship to go. So we got to give ourselves grace. And then the humility is, it's like, I need some help. I need some help to get back on my feet. And you know what? And you talk about grace and that's been a big word that I've been using um, or word I've not, it's a small word, but I've been using it a lot um, in the midst of COVID is grace and, you know, and giving other people a little more grace, but definitely giving yourself grace too. Um, mm -hmm. and, and like you said, the humility thing, and that's something I learned early on, just like you did. Um, so I applaud you. I applaud you. Now, you already talked about the third element, but I would like for you to maybe even think about some other ones. So the third element is calculating yeah. choices. And you mm. talked about a lot of the decisions that you had to make and that you did make um, to be successful. But so the obstacles are going to come. We can make excuses, but everything comes down to the choices that we make. Right. So talk about that a little bit more. Well, I read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh, this was probably after undergrad and going into grad school, uh, which was a few years later. And in one chapter, it was talking about Colin Powell. And when it's come down to making a decision, how much information do you want? So I'm one of those people, if I could have all the information, then it feel comfortable making a decision. But we would never have 100% of the information. And that's something I always struggle with because there was this one time at FedEx uh, and this was actually before I made the decision to go back to, to get my master's. It, Brian Phillips, who was at that time the vice president of U.S. marketing, said, hey, Drew, we can align you either with marketing or align you with IT. And so in my head, I was trying to rationalize, OK, what makes the most sense? I made the decision to stay on the IT side. But then as I began to see, uh, that was not the best decision. Probably would have been smarter to align myself on the marketing side. So even when we think we are making some of the best decisions for ourselves and we see that that's not the, the, the right path, then what do you do, right? Okay, now on with some new information, let's make a pivot. And the pivot was, well, Brian, you know, I, although I align myself on the IT side, I do need a sponsor to go back. I'm, I'm, I wanted to get the executive MBA, but for FedEx to cover it, and you have to have an executive sponsor. So I asked Brian, would you be my executive sponsor? And he was like, sure. So didn't, you know, didn't make the right decision the first time, or just based off of where I wanted to go, but in the pivot, able to go back to school. And it took, you know, and just be honest, like it took a minute even to even move from IT into marketing after getting my degree. But again, 
calculated choices, options, perseverance, which is, you know, part of what you're discussing. And after maybe two jobs, interviews failed, or I want to say failed. Yeah, I didn't get the job, but (laughs) I got the next one. And the next one was the right job. It actually started me in this whole realm of email marketing, which that's where I'm back in the role as the email marketing manager at FedEx. This started back in 2006 when finishing my master's program in 2005. So it took about a year to make the transition from IT to marketing after I got out of school. So some of it is like, look, uh, we might not always make the best choice. The good news is that you can always bounce back. You can make pivots, make changes, wherever you see fit. Part of it is about just knowing who you are and being okay with, okay, this is part of my journey. Right, right. And looking for the lessons in the situation, right? And just making new choices every day. We have opportunity to make new and different choices and get back on the track that we need to be on. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Lots of stories I'm thinking about in that. um, And, but the main thing that I say we could take away from that is, is the lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And and every fail, you said fail, um, because you were going after the job and you didn't get it. So yeah, we could look at it as a failure, but I I heard you kind of, Mints those words because you knew it wasn't a failure. You ended up right exactly where you needed to be and where you wanted to be, and you learned a lot of lessons along the way. I think that's awesome, and and I think that's a lesson for all of us to take away from that. So after after learning how to overcome obstacles and eliminate excuses and calculate choices, I believe in every situation if you can do those things, you can achieve what I call is so what success, and that's success no matter what. No matter what you go through, you can do those three things. So how do you define success though, Drew? What's success to you? You know, I've been working on that, uh, not working on it, but part of that is is like really understanding what makes me happy. So I I equate happiness and success together and um, been reading a lot, praying, you know, prayerful as, uh, as a Christian. And success for, for me, or when I define success, is really being happy with the people that I love. Uh, there's Ken Blanchard that talked about this story of this Monopoly game where this young man would play his grandmother and she would beat him all the time. Uh, and he, he took one summer and just really learned how to play the game and he finally beat her. And she sat him down and explained to him, now that you learned how to play the game, remember it all just goes back in the box. And what she was referring to is, is like when it's all said and done, when our life is done and we're gone from this world, only thing that's left is love and the relationships that we've created. And I was kind of joking with Zanetta. I was like, if I pass before you, then I want, I want, I want all these people to come to my funeral. And part of that is, is because it's the celebration of the life and love that was left behind for me. I really value my friendships. I value my relationships. May they be professional or personal. And honestly, for me, that's what defines success. I mean, it's not about always about how much money you got, how many cars you're driving, all that stuff. Now, that stuff's nice to have, don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really about the relationships. And it's something that I've learned to uh, really come to appreciate. I'm a grandfather now and me and Dr. Ivy, we had her over, I guess it was about three weeks ago. It just, even just looking in the eyes of this small little person called Papa, Papa, look, Papa, this, you know, just intrigued about everything that this world that she's learning about. 
it's just like that's the cool part the excitement of a child and even just watching cartoons Anetta came in she's like boy look (laughs) we both just staring at the tv and it's just it's that it's that youthfulness and that and that's just like appreciation of just everything even when stuff is not always the best or you know we have bad things that happen to us is really just being able to appreciate the people and, and, and reflecting, you know, like, so, you know, I can, I get it with my two cuties too, <laughs> and my grandkids. Um, and it's, it's beautiful when I, and I look at you and as you're talking about it and I'm, I'm going all the way back to 1997, 98, 99, 2000, when we have our kids and we're struggling college students with our kids. Um, and just thinking about how it's all come full circle um, and how we look at the success, because even back then, we probably like success is graduating and getting a job and making a lot of money. Right. Um, and, you know, and I think that is a part of being successful and going after your dreams, whatever that is. Right. And being able to take care of yourself. Um, but, yeah, as a in our <coughs> 40 years old <laughs> success. I look at it the same way. It's about being happy. And, and I appreciate you sharing it. I have one more question. Yes, ma'am. One more question. So for anybody who's watching this, that they're like, I want to be successful. And, and however they define success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give them if they're, they're facing obstacles and they're facing challenges? You faced a lot um, throughout your life and, and still today, right? I'm sure you still face challenges. Um, if you're still successful and still pursuing success in different ways, what advice would you give someone? I think the best advice I can give is similar to what you alluded to earlier, like how we're serving on this board of directors for the Alumni Association together. I think the investment in your personal board of directors mm-hmm. is important. And what I mean by that is, is like, even as I reflect on the answers, you know, in the conversation we're having this evening, there's always been these consistent factors, right? And that consistent factor is family, friends, and people who continue to pour into me and who have served on my board of directors. And with that, some people, they're here for a lifetime. Some are here for a season, maybe two, three years and doing a board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Serve a couple of terms and then they can go. <laughs> and, then, and then they, yeah, and then they're gone. But that investment in your board of directors, I think is important. And I look at myself as a as a young person just being raised, you know, that board of directors was my grandmother, uh, my siblings, uh, and then definitely the Boy Scouts of America with my peers and my leaders. And as I advanced to college, peers like yourself and my fraternity, my fraternity brothers, like, uh, and I just this reflection, like, these are people that I continue to do life with at FedEx, you know, that the, the board is my, my boss is my team, the people that I've worked with. And ironically enough, as I, I've been a manager now for roughly five years, and some, there's some team members that won't drop their one-on-ones with me. Now, I tell them I can't do weekly, but they still want to make sure that we stay in touch. And because they understand that board of directors mentality that like I want to stay in touch with someone or with people that one, believe in me, uh, that I know support me, and two, is going to keep me honest and accountable to the things that I should, shouldn't, or need to be doing. So that would be my answer is really invest in your personal board of directors. And I think that's powerful because a lot of times we um, try to do the success journey 
on your own, you know, or, or maybe I think a lot of people probably been hurt and disappointed, you know, and didn't mm -hmm. have people um, in their lives who should be there or they feel like should be there for them. And, and it's hard. And so sometimes, I mean, I've seen it all the time where people just stay to themselves and try to pursue life on their own and try to climb and grow on their own. And I think you've talked about it from the beginning of this conversation all the way to the end that, that it's about community. It's about relationships. Um, and it's about um, having people around you who can help you grow. Um, and, and that's by telling you what you're doing great, telling you what you can do better. <laughs> We've had some and, of those conversations. <laughs> absolutely. And yeah, you're definitely on my board of directors. And um, yeah, I couldn't do a lot of this stuff without you. <laughs> but it's, it's been beautiful. But you have been a part of my life for so long. And, um, and in so many ways. And, and I think that's another thing I like to talk about is and you kind of talked about it too, but building that network and staying connected to mm -hmm. people and the relationship that we have, and not only the two of us, but a lot of people that you and I both know, we've known since our college day, days or, or even high school days, and has contributed to the success in our lives. And that success being our career success, but as well as our success as you define it, our happiness and living with purpose and and helping other people. So it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. And I, I thank you for your time. And I'm looking forward to, um, to people seeing this story and, and really being inspired by it. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share. I think that's another important piece where we can see each other and know that like, look, it's not a perfect life, but it's our life. And it's one that you can see the good and the bad, but just know that we're still coming out smiling on the other side. Absolutely. And sharing this story to encourage somebody else too. Amen. Thank you, Drew. Right. Thank you, Summer. Bye.